G'day, putters. Thanks for subscribing to the 5 for 5 podcast membership via the mailbag. Each podcast is sponsored and powered by puttingform.com.au. I couldn't bet without putting form. I just love it. Welcome to the review show for Caulfield Underwood Stakes Day. I'm Drew and I'm joined by Josh. Josh, welcome. G'day, Drew. How's things? Ah, pretty good. How was the day on Sunday? I wanted to say Saturday there for a moment, but long weekend. Brilliant weekend of racing. Probably a little bit depressing right now. Just uh, it's all over and have to wait till next Saturday. Well, but yeah, it was a brilliant, brilliant day on Sunday. Uh, sun came out and, yeah, it wasn't too bad. Always good to get the guns out on a Sunday, especially when it's sunny. Um, how about Friday night? We were obviously there at Mooney Valley, saw the uh, grey flash um, not jump. I saw you do an overly ecstatic fist pump. You may yes. have a futures bet on something that's not in the Everest yet or may now have a slot. No, I was just I was just happy for the horse. You know, I'm a fan of the horse, loved loved the grey flash and um, got a lot out of it. But, you know, the horse is done, to be honest. Um, so I was happy to see sort of an end to its, end to its career and thoughts are just, yeah, a bit against what they've tried to get this, this poor thing to do. So That's just happy enough. to see it go out. Uh, I think, you know, I, my tweet on the day was thanks for the memories, you know, good, good on you. Had a, had a great time. You knew it was the end. I think everyone knew it was the end and I'm glad the owners knew it was the end. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's eight, it's had its, it's had its time and I think it's ready to hang up its boots. Now I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit. Mooney Valley, there are a few horses going around there. The Taj Mahal, prime example, Gay- Gaelic Chieftain, who's run a blinder. Um, mm. Vidora's obviously won. I think Brave Smash is looking good going towards an Everest. Any horses that really stood out? Old mate Merrill, perhaps? Yeah, Merrill was a great run. was happy to be on it. Um, had that nice form from the Ragged Rascal um, open class race, then dropped back to the Mares and um, – sorry, the Phillies and – um, yeah, just really, really ran well. Um, otherwise probably, you know, bro smash was huge. And I thought, um, I think, um, Dicko actually didn't, didn't mark it too well from the yard. I thought it looked pretty horrendous myself. Um, but it's, it's come back pretty well. Um, but it's amazing just this weekend with Toast and Basil and Brave Smash, how, how quick the turnarounds have come for Weir. Um, oh yeah, so, he's, he's just flying, isn't he now? Yeah, he just on Sunday he just couldn't miss. Um, so let's just assume Vidora gets a slot in the Everest now with um, the Invincible Star and even um, uh, what's the other one? English now both unlikely or uh, Invincible Star is very unlikely being lame three out of five. Um, English put up one out of five lame from the trial today. Um, Vidora probably gets a slot now. Who do you want to be on Vidora or Brave Smash going forward? Uh, probably, probably Vidora. I think, um, I think Brave Smash needs, needs further. I think I saw some, uh, some tweets out there and I think I'm agree with them that Brave Smash is still maybe possibly, um, better over the mile, but we really seem to think it's, it's, it's better over sort of the shorter distances, but, um, who knows? Honestly, um, it's a tough race, uh, and obviously with Santa Ana Lane's uh, brilliant run on Saturday, it's uh, shaping up to be a good one. Thought Redzel was, you know, not suited by that headwind in that in the straight Randwick. Just a figure run, yeah. Yeah, so you know, who knows? Maybe maybe these horses have peaked too soon. 
who knows with Brave Smash, Matt, Brave Smash if it's peaked on Friday night. Um, but it'll be an interesting race to see. Um, yeah, see see what they shape up with the mark and who gets the, the last spots. Yeah, well, let's, let's just hope Graf gets the win at 51s for those who are smart enough to get on Friday night. Are you are you concerned at all about um, the future of Jungle Cat with this quarantine, or is it an overreaction? Um, well, I wouldn't be backing the Turak if that's what you're asking me, because they, if the government are fair dinkum about these rules, Jungle Cat won't be able to run in the Turak because of the quarantined horses potentially, you know, having to go into quarantine, you know, to Werribee early. Yeah, so, it's a bit of a concerning one. Um, but, yeah, we'll see how it plans out. Should we get into Caulfield? Yeah, let's go straight into it. What would you quickly say, track play on the weekend? How do you think it played? And did wind, wind play any factors for you? Uh, so on Sunday, yeah, track was, you know, fairly even. Um, it was in The rail was in true position. I actually thought um, the rail was was pretty off. Um and uh, that's about it. But it was it was pretty you know pretty fair in terms of things could could run on. And there was a few quickly run races that set up a lot of back markers, and then a few things at the front like Native Soldier just hung you know just battled on there. We're in the right position in the run, and um, it was run to suit for it. What about your thoughts for the for the track play? Well, looking at the puntingform.com.au data, it exactly backs up what you've said there. I think there wasn't really any bias on the day. It was more to do with how fast or how slow they ran during the race. I mean, prime example, we'll get to the Underwood later, but, you know, um, Blair House and Humidor were just, you know, they were in in impossible spots to actually win. They were never going to be able to run down Holmesman and out the front, so... You know, prime example of those races. Native Soldier, the same exact example. Yeah, spot on. And um, Native Soldier sort of just got the, the cheap sectionals out front with no one battling the lead on it. And I thought, uh, just seeing it in the run, I thought it was just going to hold on from there. I liked it originally, and when they pushed forward on it, I uh, definitely thought it was a it was a huge chance. And, um, yeah, it just showed that. Um, but, yeah, the Holmesman race as well, it was tough to run down. You know, it likes that solid run pace. Bit of a change of tactics on Grunt, maybe um, by the stable to see it roll and lead, lead. Maybe just because Price didn't think it was um, suited for the Caulfield track, so he thought he'd change something up. But um, interesting, and we're seeing that it might be also backing up this week in the Turnbull. Well, if we're getting double figure odds in the Turnbull, I'd be backing it. I think we'll get to the the data on it, but the punting form data shows clearly that. What it, what the narrative that's being said about the horse not handling Caulfield, in my opinion, is incorrect. Interesting, interesting stuff. Shall we look on to race one? Yeah, fourteen hundred meters, BM seventy eight, a fast run race uh, to start the day according to the uh, puntingform.com.au data. Um, a clear calling has sat off them. It's gone two point five lengths faster than the class benchmark uh, to record the win here. So it was a very classy win in terms of this grade. It's not a surprise when you actually see a clear calling in a BM seventy eight. It's a good horse, and it was yep. just well rated. Yeah, I thought that too. Um, for, you know, for the class of the low class of race it was, it was actually well run. Um, they flew out front. I thought Wayanka was very brave to hold on to how it did. I'd be following that. However, I've seen it's been up for a while. May need the paddock right now, um, but we'll see where they go with that. Uh, 
Holbein was full of excuses when I was ridden three wide. Um, and that was about it for the, uh, the ones that I was just looking at in the race. Uh, just a quick one on Holbein, um, or Helpline, however we say it. I still, my opinion on it, I reckon, is even if it was, you know, sitting one back, one out, it probably still doesn't win, right? Like, based on what it's done there, it's it's really knocked up for a race where, look, the, the tempo's been okay, but it hasn't been brutal. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah, it hasn't been brutal pace, you're right. Um, but not sure about its, its previous runs, but have, has it been able to handle a pace sort of in, in the past? That's what I really look to. And, you know, it has, it has previously. Um, yeah. So what sort of changed there? Um, well, I'm just maybe day. thinking it could be over the top. I mean, Dicko's marked it clearly on top from the yard, so it may just be coming to the end of its prep. Yep. Yeah, spot on. Yeah. But thankfully, he had a clear calling second, and it was also in the numbers, so we got away with a win. Yeah, it was a great, great ride by Caserta as well. Um, back from his suspension, he's been riding well with a couple of wins in town. A little hungry for money, I imagine. Uh, exactly. Let's move on to race two, 1,400 metres open class. Aussie's choice was backed here as you've unbeatable. Like, it was 14s into 750. Um, look, looking at this punting form data, it actually hasn't gone fast overall. It's been a fairly even tempo, slightly faster than even tempo early, yet it's kicked a couple lengths clear of them, and it's just found absolutely nothing. Like, I, if this horse has run to the way it was backed, it probably wins by three lengths. Like, they, they shouldn't have been able to run it down. So there may be an issue with the horse is what I would say. Um, and you look at the finish of this race, and you, you're not surprised that it's rated 1.5 lengths slower than class benchmark overall. With Cliff's Edge just getting the, you know, I think class has prevailed with Cliff's Edge. It's not, you know, the way the races run that's helped it. I think it's just the better horse of the ones who have been in the finish. Yeah, it was an interesting, interesting race with uh, some comments being thrown that Aussie Choice was a pacemaker, but I just think it just got out to, you know, ping the lids and uh, they've got the tactics right on it again, which it likes to get out and run, which it did at, at Flemington and it's um, early in, in the winter and it won. Uh, just needs the paddock right now. I always thought it was going to bounce back, but clearly it just needs a needs a bit of a spell. Um, they did put the barrier blanket on it. I'm seeing from the punting form uh, data uh, that did the job to get it sort of um, jumping well. I thought Sacconi hung on well, but yeah, if you don't if you don't think um, you know, it, it's not overly run run fast, so. But I thought I thought it was a brave run for Sikoni. It was also a great ride from our mate the King on uh, Cliffs. Interestingly, he got the ride there, and one one to follow is probably taking in turn who finished off well and just given no chance too far back in the run. Um, but yeah, that that's the one I really liked out of the out of the race. That taking in turn is probably going to be shaping up to its English numbers in the near future. Yeah, it looks a good good horse going forward and probably up to the 1,600 metres next start, well suited. Could see it in the Turak, I reckon, um, along with obviously Cliff Sedge. And interesting to note, Ethan Brown dropped his whip about 200 metres or 100 metres from the line. So it kind of gives a bit more, you know, credit to the win of Cliff Sedge, I imagine. Yep. The horse just likes to run and uh, I think it does really like the uh, Caulfield track. Anyway, on to race three. Yeah, race three, 2,000 metres, English restricted race, a fast tempo out front set by Ayers, Rock and Barry the Baptist. 
they really and truly to truly run race. You know, you look at it and you go, there's no surprise that none of the horses, you know, were faster than benchmark home. And there is actually no surprise when you look at the run that prized icon got that it was beaten one and a half, sorry, one and 1.9 lengths. It was a really good run considering what it had to do. And I would say there's no surprise that Bondega won. Um, Dicko's thoughts from the yard were that the horse was, you know, probably the best he's actually seen it. Now, it is a bit of a cat, but in this type of race, there's no surprise it won. Yeah, it got, got the pace it sort of needed, similar to that win back in on Australia Day uh, this year at the Valley where it had that had that sort of faster tempo up front and um, ran on well. Um, and it's one to always... You know, the company that was in wasn't overly great um, here with a few coming from the country. Um, and Prize Icon, what was your thoughts on, on Ollie's ride on Prize Icon? Oh, it wasn't the best, but look, I I kind of wanted to see that because I was against it. So I was kind of happy that he did that. What what do you think? Yeah, look, I think he, he just got into it. You know, you don't see him panic too often, but Ollie just got into a position where he probably panicked a bit there and uh, got stuck facing the breeze and... Um, you know, sometimes these things happen. They're not, <clears throat> they're not machines on those, on the horses. So, um, these things happen to the best jockeys. Um, but yeah, Octobello, um, was mine that I thought Callow tried to be a bit smart on it, a bit pretty, uh, he put it sort of placed it well back in the run on the fence, uh, and tried to sneak a run up the fence when I thought really the fence wasn't on. Um, it really fit, hit the line well. Thought it'd be winning this race personally. Um, also liked how Barry Barry the Baptist hit. Uh, sorry, not Barry the Baptist. Crafty Devil hit the line. Really finished off well when it was given none as well. Um, if that drops back, especially to Mayor's Company, it'll be it'll be uh, probably winning. If not, just dropping back to a benchmark eighty in sort of the country or even metro level. Uh, I think it can win. Yeah, could see it at uh, Bendigo or Ballarat in the next two weeks, I imagine, on a Wednesday. Hopefully, Weary backs it up, maybe, and we'll be, uh, we'll be launching into that one. Excellent. Let's move on to race four, 1,100 metres, BM90. Now, yes, I'm spruiking our mounting yard mail service, but I think this is exactly the race where you use it. So, Dicko's best bet on the card was Miss Leonidas, and the data here just backs up everything that he said from the yard. So I've looked at the data and I've looked at it twice and this is a slowly run race. Miss Leonidas has had a cakewalk, had the best opportunity to absolutely just put him away here and has produced a figure close to two, three, two to three lengths slower than we know the horse can produce on previous punting form data. And when you got the message from Dicko, he was trying to tell you exactly, you know, if you've especially listened to the podcasts, he was super keen on the horse and he's seen it in the yard and it's just absolutely fizzed up. It's gone. It's not going to win. And it's performed accordingly. Um, on the other side of things, there are two horses I just quickly want to note on. Grey Shadow was probably the biggest goal of the day, 21s into 7s. I must have missed the change of tactics on it to sit, you know, third in the run, but whatever. It did sit five out of ten last start, but three out of 16, I'd call that a change of tactics. Um, and as soon as it sat there, it was never losing. Uh, in regards to the best 1,800, 600, 400, and 200 of the day, Split Lip, who was aggressively snicked from a wide barrier, sat two lengths last, and 
it's actually run 14th, but, you know, recorded some pretty good figures overall that may be worth following. What, what, how do you see the race? Yeah, it was a great, great push on split lip there. I saw the, uh, the data on ponyform.com.au and that's, that's really what you see there. Um, you can, you can do a lot of video comments and all, but, um, yeah, split lip is a perfect, uh, perfect example of, uh, matching the, the data up there. Um, it's actually had it has had a chain of change I've just seen, um, and it's just changed from the Will Clark and Stable over in South Australia. Now Weir's taken over, um, so that'll be interesting to see where that goes next. Um, I thought uh, the interesting thing was Grey Shadow was three wide. I just want to emphasise that like the the eleven hundred metres being three wide is actually not like a negative in this. Um, so he's, he probably they probably know that these jockeys going out there and. They, they don't mind get, getting stuck three wide coming out of the chute. I thought Fragonard was very good um, when it, you know, it was settled, probably not didn't have all that much of a chance um, in the run. Uh, but, yeah, there's nothing nothing huge coming out of this race and clearly the money talked in it. Oh, money told the story here straight away. Spot on. Uh, race five, 1200 meters listed grade, very slowly run race first 600 meters. According to the punny form data, it was set up for sit sprinters and the best one just happened to be trekking who got a little bit of interference interference to get out. But when it got there, it just kind of put the field away. Um, I imagine the in-play backers went pretty hard on Kimono when it looked like it was the winner probably coming past the 200 storming home, but it just it couldn't run down trekking off those those sectionals needed. And um, Heart of the Lion, who was um, close to near top of the yard for Dicko last week, and it's backed up off seven days, um, it's absolutely stormed home for third. I, I'm... I'm amazed by the figures it's produced and it's really one we can follow forward, you know, in city grade. Now there is one, I reckon, hidden bad run and I think it's Booker. So if you watch the first 200 meters of the race and the amount of work they've had to do to get Booker up to the position it's held, it was never winning, especially when you go look at the sectionals it's run. You're just never running those sectionals from, you know, where it was at the 1100 to the 1900 and winning a race. It was just cooked early in my opinion. What do you think? Yeah, it was interesting to see how Booker returned. Uh, think if you can confirm it came back. Was it a throat op that had just came off? Um, I believe so, but I'll have a quick look. It should be on the data. Yeah. So, yeah, return from that. I thought, you know, I thought it was a solid chance, but um, drifted late in the market. Um, yeah, not, not a lot of market support for it. Um, but, yeah, like you said, heart of the line, a huge run. Just flew from the back. Um you know, that'll be looking looking good to go fourth up next. Um, not sure it gets sort of this listed company. Um, it has won one, I've noticed, uh, at Oak Bank in a listed, but that's, you know, that's much less of a, of a class than here in Metro Victoria, so it might need to drop down a little bit. Um, Kimono, probably not overly, you know, it wasn't the best run, uh, got – Got stuck a bit wide, I think, in the run from memory, um, and trekking just busted its way out. I thought Brave Song was my one to go forward from this. Thought it was a really good run after it copped a couple of checks um, in the run. Um, be interesting to see sort of where they head if it goes up to fourteen hundred next or it stays at the twelve hundred. But that was one for me, um, and it had fairly fairly handy form mines against Osborne Bulls and Voodoo Lad. Um, and has raced against Kementari last prep. Uh, so 
that would be one to follow for me out of that race. Perfect. Under the Caulfield Guineas prelude, Group 3, 1400 metres, race 6. Uh, as we said earlier, a real stroll in the park for Native Soldier out the front. Only had to go two lengths uh, slower than class benchmark early, which you'd describe it as an even to slow tempo. And once that's happened, you know, the horse has done no work. It's strolling along. It looks like for about, I don't know, 20 metres that, um, is it Tavi Sun that was, yeah, Tavi Sun that was sitting outside of it. Kind of looked like Tavi Sun was going the better. And then the horses said, nah, I'm, I'm much better than you. And just put them away in probably, I don't know, 100 metres. And it was never getting run down. Um, the horses that I think you can probably forgive that have come home really strongly and paraded quite well, Longleaf, Good and Fast, and Ragged Rascal, I think we can respect all three of those going forward. Yeah, I think uh, Longleaf was probably one of the run of the race, um, sitting back, sort of four back um, in the run, and you know it really, really ran on well, hit the line well, and what was a slowly run race um, going forward, they didn't run time, so um, it's hard to assess. But you know, Native Soldiers just got that run and um, that it needed the slow run, and yeah, I thought the same watching in play and Tavasan loomed up, but I think it Native Soldiers just saved that energy in the run and. Um, yeah, just got the run of the race. Um, personally, I've always been looking at the August, how it's been running. Um, for me, it was okay. Um, good and fast. I was expecting to perform a little better. It's probably not suited in the run, settling well back. Um, and the unluckiest horse of them all, Fighting Harada, just uh, was pretty poor at the big odds there. Can we put that horse down as just being constantly unlucky and <laughs> just yeah. a horse you can't back? Yeah, unless it drops drops severely in grade. So and has um, has has to only have a uh, match race with one other horse, maybe. Yeah, possibly. Uh, on to race seven, fourteen hundred meters, Group Two, thousand guineas prelude. Um, according to the data, these horses are pretty pretty good types. So Spanish Whispers led them around at no, you know, at an even tempo. Looked to be traveling well at the turn. I thought it looked to be going probably as good as Sweet Melody, and then it's absolutely found nothing. Uh, Sweet Melody's come home and recorded a time 3.4 lengths faster than class benchmark. So this is a really you know smart race. I tell you what, you have to respect the tough run of Thrillster. It's still come home, even off a tough run. It tells you that it'll get the 1600 next start. I'd, I'd almost want to be on it over Smart Melody next start. What do you uh, think of it? Uh-huh. 100% the same there, Drew. Um, I thought the same. I thought Smart Melody was really fading at the end, so if we'll get the mile, who knows? I wouldn't be taking it the the odds that it's at now. Um, I thought Thrillster was the one, uh, um, especially it was it was stuck pretty wide in that turn, I think, from memory. Um, and, you know, it's run it, – it's almost got Smart Melody after it's um, sort of, you know, they haven't run quick and Smart Melody was just up on the speed, which was sort of just the place to be all day. Um, I thought Kafila, uh, is it? Yeah, Kafila, uh, yep. Out of that, the Hayes um, stable. I thought that ran really well with the blinkers back on. Um, hit the line, probably one to just sort of watch where it's going after this. I, I don't know, is there, a, is there a Guinness plan for that? Um, um, I would imagine with these types, they always push on. I would say Quafilla and even Ar- uh, Aristia both recorded pretty strong late um, final 600 numbers. Yep. Yeah, Aristia too. 
Um, so yeah, they're just interesting ones. Obviously, probably not up to that that thousand guineas sort of class, but just to just to keep in mind in the future. Cool. Well, let's move on to the race of the day, the Group One Underwood. Homesman's led them around. We've grunt out the front, and look, they've gone one point three lengths slower than class benchmark early here, and there's only been an even tempo late in the piece to get the win for Homesman. So just as a comparison for Grunt, Grunt, the previous start, has gone six lengths faster the first 600 metres when it wasn't leading. So essentially, this is a completely different race tempo to what it won at Flemington with. So while people may be saying, oh, this isn't a Caulfield horse, and okay, it may not be a Caulfield horse, I don't think we've got the evidence to know that because it's coming off a really fast run that it was absolutely suited to and you expected it to be suited to when you looked at its profile and data, and it's gone to a race that's been run below benchmark, and it was never going to win. Yeah, it's um, interesting you say that, Drew. I was I was sort of predicted a, a you know not an overly fastly run race here with um, you know it, look it it took the lead. Um, I can't remember what I had mapped sort of leading, but there was no, you know, real natural sort of leaders in this race um, to inject speed into the race that it needed. So yeah, I completely agree with you that um, it's hard to hard to say that Grunt isn't a um, a Caulfield horse. Be interesting to see if you know they do go through with the plan with Grunt backing up this week um, back to its its supposedly favourite track. Um, Run of the race here was obviously Toast and Basil. Um, came back to its its Japanese numbers for my liking, um, and it's definitely on track. I think for the Caulfield Cup, um, I think it would be the op- better option. Um, a lot of people talking about the Melbourne Cup, um, but I think it's is proven to stay the twenty. You know, the twenty four hundred back in its Japan runs. Um, look, Humidor bounced back. I thought uh, was given none sort of in the run. And your runner, Drew, Blair House, was absolutely given none. Yeah, look, I'll, I'll have a quick word on J-Max ride there. He's gone back to the rail for no apparent reason when I agree with you it wasn't the spot you wanted to be trying to make ground. So he's given it none there. He's given it none out of the barriers when it's been slightly slow. You can push it up and try and gain a spot or two, J-Mac. Like, oh, I, he gave – it was no chance from where it was in the run. And – you gave it even more no chance when not taking the similar run of Humidor. Like it's frustrating to watch. Yeah, it was tough. Tough watch for um, when I went back and and watched the run of it. Um, but you know, it had a good good first up run. Where, where's next? Do you think for uh, Blair House? Um, honestly, I'm actually not sure. I would be expecting that they probably don't want to go too much more up in distance. They may try and actually aim this horse similar to where Ben Battle's going, which is the Cox Plate, because they've got form around each other, and it it doesn't look like we'll have an overly strong Cox Plate field this year, so it'll, it should get a run. Yeah. I mean, I actually those... haven't had a look at the nominations to see if Blair House is in there, but I would assume that they've nominated the horse for the Cox Plate. Yeah, I've noticed there's um, there's been a severe dropout in the markets of of international, so they've nailed down a few. Um, yeah, so just looking looking ahead, it's, Turek, it's in the Turak handicap, Caulfield Stakes, Cox Plate, Kent, Cantala Stakes, and Emirates. So maybe Emirates might be uh, one for it to sort of head for later in the yeah. prep. You'd expect them to go Cox Plate Emirates then. Spot on. 
Uh, just a quick one on the betting drifts and everything. Humidor lost an absolute leg in the betting. It was just laid and laid and laid. While I actually, there was a bit of a spec for Tosin Basil. I, when, you know, Dicko was sending his info out, I was watching it. They backed it about 75s into 50s, but it actually ended up jumping in 140s on Betfair. Wow, incredible. So just shows you the smarts, the stable. Didn't expect it to perform that well, but... You know, it's run a blinder and, yeah, like I said, just run back to his Japanese numbers and I think it's ready to run, you know, and win one of these group ones given um, given the right race. Well, let's move on to the final race of the day. Not much to talk about here apart from probably the first two home, but you may find something else. Uh, Zar Speed ensured a fast tempo early. Um, Furon's recorded a pretty good time of 2.3 lengths faster than class benchmark on the punting form data. Look, best of days has probably cost itself the race in the final, you know, 100 metres. It's, it's been two or three off the rail, and it's just laid in when J-Mac's given it three whips in a row, and he's had to try and ride it out hand and heels the final, you know, 50 metres, and he's even kind of stopped riding at the final five metres, which he got a fine for, and we've actually got a viewer question on that later to, dis- to discuss it. Yeah, it's tough one going forward. Uh, Furion was just got a be- it actually got a beautiful run. Um, I thought Jai put it in the right position, um, pushed it forward a bit, um, and really just worked out the tempo from there. Made the move at the right time. Um, best of days uh, was the one to watch for me going into the race. Um, yeah, obviously did a little bit wrong in the straight, and then um, J Mac sort of pulls off at the last fifty. Um, but yeah, I thought. It was pretty tough to find anything else out of there. Um, interesting Sully's change of tactics, and uh, they didn't roll forward with it in the end, uh, which is one of my favourites going forward. Um, been waiting for it for a while. Life less ordinary, probably not overly suited in the run and you know, made a good dash home of the, the rest of the pack, but that's about it for the day. Yeah, you'd probably say there's some fairly second raiders in this race and a few that are probably wanting further like the likes of Sully. Interesting with Interlocutor, or however you say it. Interlocutor, um, I think. Yeah, well, I thought that was going to be – I'd seen some of its Sydney runs and uh, thought it was going to be something special, but sort of come to Melbourne and uh, hasn't really performed. It did over-race quite heavily in uh, in the race, so I, I'm not sure I'd be fully sacking it yet, but – there was enough tempo on that it shouldn't have been pulling the way it was. So there is a bit of yeah. concern about it. Yeah. Maybe if they can change something, put put a noseband on and uh, might return in the, in the peak of spring. Excellent. So we've got two viewer questions just before we finish off. Um, I'll let you answer them first as well. So first one's from Jay Dickens. Don't know that bloke. Um, I'm very surprised James McDonald was fined $300 for failing to ride out best of days in the last when the horse was clearly laying in. What's your guys' opinion on the fine? And especially with the horse laying in, what do you think he should have done better there? Um, it's it's hard to tell really, but um, I think it's a pretty stiff fine um, to be honest. Uh, but I, I admit like he's, he's stopped riding it you know, 50 up from the line, uh, whether or not it's costless rates. I know they're, they're the rules here. They're different in the UK. You don't have to ride your horse out to the line. Um, but yeah, you know, it's done a lot running wrong in the straight and he's just tried to correct it. Um, 
and maybe he just stopped riding it because maybe he thought it was going interfering at the end. It was just a safety thing, but yeah, I can't. I think it's a bit stiff to find. Yeah, I I have a different view to Jay Dickens on this one a little bit in terms of I looked at Stewart's vision and stuff. I thought he probably could have pushed it out to the line, but. I can also understand the safety aspect that if J- James McDonald thought that if he did that, it may lay in and could potentially put, you know, both of their horses through the rail in some factor. It, he has that responsibility, a duty of care to stop riding the horse. So I think finding him $300 isn't the right thing. You're, you're saying, actually, we're not sure you deserved a suspension. So they're not saying he's actually done something particularly wrong, but they're yeah, also not saying that you should, take safety precautions there and not find him either. So I don't know if they've just got some biases against him from previous incidents he's been in over the last few years. Um, but it seems very harsh and he's just done the right thing for the horse and, and fear in there as well. Yeah. I, I think no matter what I think about Jay McDonald and his rides on the day, I was a bit critical that he didn't ride that out initially when I saw him not ride it out at, uh, straight after the race, but when you see that the horse was laying in, you can understand it. Yeah, spot on. Uh, and the second question, this one's a, a bit out there, so um, sorry if people take any offence to what the person's running, but I doubt. Uh, this is from Andrew Casey. Have you blokes seen the new tab ad for the Everest with the, tel- with the 12 Sheilas at Bondi dancing around like Muppets holding blocks with the dates of the event? What do you guys think? Yeah, you've just uh, briefed me on this uh, before we've recorded this tonight, and I'm astonished that they've done this. They've honestly got too much money or something. But is and, this 1980? Are we back yeah, to 1980? Like the marketing is just appalling. Like I just can't see what that's doing for it. Um, you know, and yeah, whoever's you know the marketing in that is just horrific. Um, I don't know. Bizarre. What are your thoughts, Rip? I think we should bring back the uh, bloke who did the uh, the original marketing with the uh, the guy climbing Everest from the Price Is Right. It looked like remember that one? Yeah, that was <laughs> Look, a that was that was a better start. It looked horrible. It got us talking about it. Look, I suppose we're still talking about it now because of how strange and out of touch the ad is. So I guess they're getting what they want. But geez, I'm not sure that's the type of message you're trying to send out there. Might be one to send to off to. Uh, the, the good show on ABC called The Gruen Transfer. It might be, uh, uh, you know, it's got us talking, so, you know, that could be the good thing about it. But anyway, bizarre. <laughs> uh, so in terms of that meeting going forward and even the Friday meeting, do you think there's going to be a lot we can find from that in terms of feature races? What do you think the level was over the weekend, I guess, is what I'm trying to say? Well, it's tough to gauge through. Um, I thought... You know, that group one was not overly well run. Uh, Honesman, obviously, you know, the Lloyd camp is just peaking at the right time. Um, they're coming into form. Taj was a great run, I think. Um, it's probably, you know, you can be pretty confident with that going forward because I thought um, Mellon got it stuck three wide in the run and he, he just went at the right time on it, um, especially for the Valley. And I got to be up on speed and he sort of just pushed it forward and got it out there. Um, just what, just want to comment. How, how was Terry Bailey's call on, uh, so confident that he, it had got home and Gaelic Chieftain almost came over the top and pipped him. 
Um, I have to say I did get my money out at a dollar one in play, so I was kind of okay with him going a bit confident because I was not confident at all. Yeah, Terry Bailey just oh, the confidence in that was it was amazing. I want to I want to praise him for that call. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we love we love Terry. Um, but yeah, in terms of uh, sort of the quality of racing, I didn't think it was that that great going forward. Um, Sydney obviously on Saturday was a blinder. Um, you might be able to, you know, I'd be be leaning to some of those runs um, more so than any of the Melbourne runs. Um, but you know, like Thousand Guineas wise, I thought Thruster was a brilliant run. Um, you know, and it was ready to win, you know, like one away or something like that. So it could be, you know, I think the better bet going forward into the Thousand Guineas. Perfect. Well, thanks for coming on tonight, Josh, filling in for the great Jay Dickens. I think you've filled his role quite well. Thanks, Ru. Uh, It's been a pleasure and can't wait for Turnbull Saturday. Looking forward to it, and I'll see you there. Thanks very much. Cheers, Ru. When I want to enjoy some of Australia's finest craft beers, there's only one place I want to be. That's the Mountain Goat. I'm a summer owl man. Those orange tins still see me through. I love them. The mountain goat, it's the grouse.